We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Summer's slipping away, so grab hold of Amazing at California's Great America before it's too late. Buy next year's season pass and get unlimited visits this year to experience rides, shows, and attractions. That includes incredible coasters, Boomerang Bay, and an amazing Peanuts-themed kids' area. Get this special offer for as low as 11 payments of $6.50 after an initial payment. Hurry to get the best price on the most fun you can have. Buy your 2020 season pass now at cagreatamerica.com. Hey everybody, and welcome back to another edition of the Dynasty Tradecast. I, as always, am your host, Eric Burtzloff, better known on Twitter as at Dynasty Trades. This Dynasty Tradecast is brought to you by the FFPC. I'm joined today by Dan and Nathan. Sup, guys? Hi, Eric. You said my name first this week, so Nathan's not allowed to chime in. Usually that's just because his internet doesn't work. Um, but how are you? I- I'm happy to be here, but I'm I'm more worried about how you are. I mean, I'm money in the bank, son. Why do you ask how I am? I'm just making sure. Summer's slipping away, so grab hold of Amazing at California's Great America before it's too late. Buy next year's season pass and get unlimited visits this year to experience rides, shows, and attractions. That includes incredible coasters, Boomerang Bay, and an amazing Peanuts-themed kids' area. Get this special offer for as low as 11 payments of $6.50 after an initial payment. Hurry to get the best price on the most fun you can have. Buy your 2020 season pass now at cagreatamerica.com you're good okay i'm great man okay well now that everybody's been introduced that's great and uh, nathan <laughs> hasn't got an opportunity to I, I have to, what excuse you <laughs> no sir first of all y'all just need to stop with your being mean because we actually got our first non-five-star view on itunes someone what? gave us three stars and said that nathan needs stop having technical difficulties so um that's rude well, and mean but we're well, now i mean we, we should just we're not gonna have any issues <laughs> technical difficulties are a problem nathan i think we all agree with that the listeners agree i I also love that he said i also love that he said it was rude right in the middle of his of his audio cracking (laughs) (laughs) okay well let's let's go and and by the way don't don't leave three star views it's not nice it's not nice we're working on the audio issues uh all right i have uh i have one of my personal favorite guests and that is uh is Franco Dynasty Frank is joining the show for a second time, third time Dynasty Frank. 
Well, thank you very much, Dynasty Trades. Nice to see you again, Dynasty Trades. Nathan and Dan, it was nice <laughs> to see you as well. And Eric, of course. <laughs> um, I think this is my second time. Uh, the second. first time, uh, it, it is the second, right, Dan? Yeah. yeah I'm yeah, pretty sure it's the second. The first time you were on with we we the Bull Rush guys. Yeah, we did a, like a Bull Rush versus Tradecast. Uh, That's like, right. This guy's draft. It was a good time. Yeah, yeah, it's always a good time. And Nathan is is still the technical di- difficulties is still continuing. Nathan, you're gonna get another three star review. What are you talking <laughs> about? What's going on on my end right now? You guys are just being rude. Okay, there's no technical difficulties here. I think it's those marshmallows stuck to the side of your head. Whatever those things are. Oh God! It's for those, those of you that smaller can't. than your head. Like I, they seem like they're they're like a child version of headphones. Yeah, he's got like Beats by an <laughs> Elf. Is what he's got. <laughs> my baby is, all right all right we're backing off baby nathan we're backing off nathan um let's go ahead and before i get into the rundown of the show uh remind the listeners that you can get a listeners only 30 percent discount to nfl or i'm sorry rotoviz nfl pass through the nfl podcast homepage that's rotoviz.com slash podcast your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of our nfl content and it also supports the pod so you can contact us via email that's rotovizradio at gmail.com. And on Twitter, you can slide into those DMs. That's at rotovizradio. Uh, so Frankie's joining us today, and we are going to talk about um, bad traders and what bad traders do. And uh, maybe you can identify with one of these traits and make yourself a better trader this offseason. And then uh, Dan has an awesome board together. Um, it is dynasty jeopardy time in the uh in the in the late roll of this we're gonna have to figure out a way to get the uh get the video up for this thing i think oh. i i think i can export i think i can export the video and just cut it in one of the movie apps so we should the video out as well because i feel like it's gonna be more enjoyable that way but this one is set up a little bit better than it was last time <laughs> I, I spent hours building this thing so no, I'm impressed uh, with your dedication to goes push this dead horse across the finish. Looks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was it, it it was good last time. The problem was is that it was just so hard to follow along because I was the only one that had any of it. It's going to be great for listeners in their car watching your board on their phone, listening to this, <laughs> crashing into a family of six. <laughs> This is Jeopardy. <laughs> oh God! All right, all right. Um, I'll kick. I'll go ahead and kick to Nathan for actual content where we can finally stop railing on him here um, and throw to him to kind of talk or at least introduce us to the idea of the anatomy of a bad trader, which is going to be the the main topic of today's show. So this is a topic we've uh, discussed each of the last three years for those originals, the people who have been with Tradecast since day one. It's a topic we cover each year just to, you know, kind of refresh our listeners of, you know, things they should be trying to avoid as traders and things to exploit from people that are making bad decisions as traders. So uh, there's just a number of things that bad traders continually to do. And we'll start off with our first one. And this is one of my favorites. Every single year when MFL rolls over, most people play their dynasty on MFL. FFPC is probably the same thing as well. Whenever the the new set of draft picks become available, then that is the time to pounce on people that are the first guy to say, okay, I have my picks. Now I got to get rid of them today. I think that's the number one out of all the the bad trading strategies that there are. You know, being the guy who is just shopping that pick. Yes, if you want to get value for it, you know, you know, 10, 12 months in advance, that's a good thing. But oftentimes you're selling low at this point where where you're so far away from that pick being made. Yeah, especially with the leagues rolling over, as you said right now, this is the this is certainly the most hot button item for the moment in the bad trader world is the guys who just view are just so excited to get, you know, some asset off of their hands and get rid of those picks. They're burning a hole in their pocket. So, and this is the time of year where that's a terrible idea because your picks are going to gain value for the next couple months. So, um, I think that that's completely, completely true, Nathan. I agree. It's punting value, but I will say if you're able to go get a player that you think is maybe just kind of being slept on or things like that, if you can get a, a, a buy a player low, for one of the picks, and if you're a contender, those picks aren't going to be all aren't going to gain that much more value. They're going to gain value, yes, but 
it's not going to, you know, you're not going to go from you know, the perceived 108 to all of a sudden like, oh, this is a high-end pick. It's still going to – it is what it is. You can most of the time put something in a box within a few picks and know it's going to be there. Obviously, injuries happen and teams die, and, and it looks different that way. Nathan has a bunch of those teams where it, uh, it was going to be good, and then everyone died, like in Seinfeld. By the way, Frank, in Seinfeld, uh, I took your team over and then won the title this year. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> I, I, I gave you a very good team. I just was I was stretched out. I was stretched. I made it out. better. Okay, I made it better. Anyways, um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I I dislike immediately trading those two years out or one year out or whenever you extend those those rookie picks. But I think I think there is that that time when it is okay to make that trade if you're buying someone low. I think, I mean, there's many strategies of going this. If you go the Nathan route, it's punting every year and accumulate as many picks as you can. Never start a legit team and um, don't ever think about winning a championship. That's the Nathan route. I mean, you know, there's Ryan McDowell has this uh, productive struggle, and that's the kind of route a lot of people try to go, and it's tough. Me personally, this time of 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 year, um, I want to say especially this draft class, I haven't done as much homework for this draft class as I have in the past. I want to say like 105 and later, I kind of don't. I don't know 106. I'm seeing 106 like Ty Hilton getting rejected for 106, and I don't know if this is where you guys want to go I mean, right now, like specifically. But I give me T. Y. Hilton over to one hundred six right now. So like, be careful Frank, how you value. Frank, hold on, Frank, hold on. What does this have to do with trading your future? First? Yes. <laughs> well, you said, well, this is why I asked you. Do you want to get into this, or are we going to just you know? We can get into it, Frank. I'm, you, you, we're on a we're on a journey with you, brother. <laughs> uh, I, I I listen. I trade my future first. I, I I never have. I try not to have a top, a worst. I don't want to say top, a worst three teams. So I'm trading my future first for assets. Let's just say like a T. Y. Hilton for established players because I like scoring points and I like winning. One hundred percent. And there there is that there is the people who go out and buy these picks, Nathan, like, fervor, fervorishly <laughs> as soon as they become available. They're like, finally, I can go get my 2019 picks because I'm so excited about it. it's. It's like the reverse of the. If you go to either extreme, and this is a good lesson for life, kids, uh, if you go to either extreme and uh, don't practice in moderation, you will have a bad time. <laughs> yes, <Moderation laughs> Nathan, I, I hope you. I hope you brought. I hope you brought your so you can you can defend yourself. It seems like that's just kind of be the worst that goes. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Uh, all right, let's move on to our next one, and it's going to be. This is one that I see often. This frustrates me as a guy who's trying to execute a trade, and that's refusing to not have a starting line, to not have a starting lineup at any point during the offseason. So, like, if I'm trying to acquire Russell Wilson from a guy who only has Russell Wilson, they're like, oh, I, I don't want to not have a quarterback. You still have seven months to get a, a quarterback, even if you trade your one quarterback now. Or if it's, oh, I'm not going to trade um, Derrick Henry because he's my RB2. You know, you don't have to have your lineup filled out in February. You don't submit a lineup until September. I think that's one of the biggest mistakes that people make that, sure, sure you want to have like a roster construction and don't want to have all your players at wide receiver, all your players at running back. But I think that there is more flexibility of, you know, just getting the best value in trades in February and then maybe pursuing, you know, filling lineups um, in August, maybe July a little earlier. Well, I got to say, like Nathan, if I'm the if I'm the owner and I only have Russell Wilson, I know it's, the, the sooner it gets, especially well, one QB leagues are different, but the the sooner it gets to to to, to I don't know August September, the harder it is is it, it, it it's going to be to acquire a, a quarterback. So I guess every for me every offer every deal depends on the offer. If it's worth it, then fine. If it's even. If it's on par, like if you you gave me a fair offer and Russell Wilson is the only quarterback I have, I I think I'm rejecting it. I, what I, I think, you know, that's just me. That's I, I think that's totally fair, Frank. I think I think Nathan's and maybe I'm maybe I'm interpolating here too too much, but I think he's more talking about if there is a value swing in your direction and say you're like, well, you know, I've only got Austin Hooper as my tight end that I'm planning to break out next year with. That if somebody's willing to overpay even slightly, that oh yeah. There's no reason not to just trade that player and go pursue 
I don't know, like a, a lower end or, or pursue a, a tight end later down the road that either loses value, gains value, whatever it may be, whatever the reason is you're going for them. But there is definitely something to be said about in February doing value trades and mm-hmm. not focusing on your lineup. Because this is definitely a problem with with lesser uh, with with lesser dynasty players. And that is they are trying to fill out their lineup and they're like trying to make sure that they have. And I can think of a, a, a league where where the guy like literally in our in our draft in April was going on about how he needs another starting running back. And I'm like, Ooh, it's, it's a little early for that. And he overpays, <laughs> overpays and, and gets starting running backs for his team. So there is definitely a mistake that people are making there where they are assuming, okay, I need to have a roster set in stone in March and then I mm. can tinker with it. But though my core players, my starting players are off the table, unless you give me another wide receiver to plug in there. Right. Well, we're, we're creatures of habit. You're fully pigeonholing your team. It's you know if you're not if you're not willing to make one deal and then go back out and make another deal and go back out and make another deal. If you just stand pat, I mean that's that's fine too because I know a lot of successful players that just trust their drafting skills and and use their rookie picks and you know they'll make an occasional move here and there, but usually it's to just kind of backfill the roster. Um, so those those ones I understand, but. In the offseason, especially early, you, you've got to be making value moves. That's that's the only thing you should be doing. You should have no care in the world about what you're doing at each position. You shouldn't be worrying about who your wide receiver three is going to be. You shouldn't be worrying about who your you know, starting running back is. If if your team's already constructed in a way that is you know kind of structured, great. Try to upgrade that structure. Try to make your RB2 into a, an RB1. Try to make you know, your rookie picks and maybe your wide receiver three into a wide receiver one. Don't, don't just stick into those boundaries and try to fill in around it. Make your team better. I I think one thing that's worth elaborating on when we're talking about value, and I think we'll all be on the same page here, but maybe not, is I think your valuation and getting your, getting better than your valuation is what we're talking about here, where I think in the off season, especially that players get get like Julio Jones is going to lose a pile of value this off season. And there is going to be some crazy trade for Julio where somebody gives like the one Oh five for Julio or something like that. Hmm. And there there's, there are, I guess, I guess don't follow necessarily the consensus is, is follow your own valuations and make those trades. Because like I said, there is a lot of weird fluctuation in the off season where players who have an abundance of value that are league winners suddenly are worth very, very little. Yeah, market market should be baseline, like you know, where your starting point. That's definitely not law. If if you're not sure of how to value someone, check market, check ADP, see, look at the trade finders, and and check look at what people line. are giving up. You know, that's that's it's not the end all be all. Your valuation is what matters in the whole process. All right, that makes a lot of sense. Let's move on to our next one, and it's kind of in the same vein as the uh, you know trading for something during the offseason, but it's the in-season version of that, and that's overpaying for bi-week fill-ins at the onesie positions, both quarterback and tight end. I, I see this far too often where people go above and beyond the value of a player just because they're looking for a fill-in due to a bi-week or an injury, especially at the onesie positions. So I, I think that people generally, yes, it's a little bit different if you're in a playoff push week 12, 13, 14. You don't really want to have a bagel in that scenario. But I think getting a zero at quarterback in week six really doesn't hurt your team that much to where if you can wait a week and then get your quarterback back from the bye week, then I think you're fine. You know, you can win, lose. A, I mean, obviously, plenty of teams lose games and make the playoffs. So I don't think, you know, going one week without a quarterback or a tight end is going to kill you and you definitely should, you know, try and keep those assets as late as possible. If you're going to use those assets later on in the season or just keep them and, you know, continue to build your team with youth. I mean, this is, this is one for me that as a savvy trader that I target players who have quarterbacks that aren't starting or a bi-week quarterbacks. This is where targeting guys who I know will give me a first for, uh, a goofball fill in or like give me a second rounder in a one QB league for Blake Bortles because they want somebody to fill in that week and don't want a zero. The you're absolutely right. Nathan is taking that bagel in the short term, unless it's truly a dire situation is so much better than giving away like over by vastly overpaying just so you don't take a zero. And the comical thing is sometimes you trade for kind of a sketchy starter and actually end up getting a zero anyways, or, or, you know, you pay a second for Nathan Peterman and, you know, he gives you negative points in a week. <laughs> yeah, that's that's not a good that's not a good move to make. Not good. Um, uh, yeah, it's 
the the quarterback one i think i think for me i'm a little bit more willing i don't want to overpay but uh, you know maybe just slightly more than market just to make sure it covers it because you know you're talking about you know, 15 to 25 points depending on the league the settings blah 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 taking a zero there as opposed to taking a zero at tight end i think is is a little bit different so while i agree that it, it's kind of with the onesie positions like nathan says uh, I, I think I'm a little more willing to pay a touch more for quarterbacks than I am for tight ends in that situation, only because tight end is such a gong show as it is that, honestly, unless you're going out and buying Gronk or Kelsey or Ertz, you really shouldn't be paying all that much for a tight end. I suppose like Engram and uh, Najoku and um, Howard and stuff like that now, but uh, outside of like the top tier, that's another position you really shouldn't be paying up for at all. 100%. I mean, don't be paying... Don't be paying. Don't be sending. Don't send out first and second rounders for bye week. I mean, that, you know what? That this is a good. This seemed like obvious to me, <laughs> but maybe you guys, you know, you guys know your audience. Better oh, it's definitely not. I mean, I see guys make this mistake on a regular uh, every basis. week. And every week. Tight end is, is, is correct. Yeah. In one league, in a 16-team league, I was thinking about this, and I think I made that deal when my quarterback went down, and I made it for like – I think I, I said the first or a second for Nick Foles, uh, and I forgot when my starter went down. I won the championship, by the way. Wow. Thank due to that. But, a first um, and a second for Nick Foles? No, 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 Foles. first or second. I, I, oh, I okay. I was, was like, oh, first. my God. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Come on, come on! No, I think it was a second, or it was either a late first or or um, an early second, whatever. But uh, good thing if you won, that's good enough. I'm sorry. I said if you won, that's enough. And if you gave both of them, we would have had our bad trader that we're talking about right on the podcast, (laughs) right? But okay, let me ask you something. If you know for a fact, if you trade your first and your second for a championship this year, you have an eighty percent. Your chances are eighty percent. You win this year. I, I'm First doing it in second. a heartbeat. In a you heartbeat. Doing it, right? yeah, yeah. Oh, I would. I would trade. Except my- Nathan. Nathan's the only one shaking his no, head. No, no, no. <laughs> the 1.16 and the 2.16. I would trade for a championship. The 101. Not sure. I'd trade it for a championship. But wait, wait a second. Wait, wait. wait. Now now we're we're gonna, isn't, isn't winning a championship, Nathan? You're talking about one of those one, playoff teams, listen, 107 no, no, to 112. If he, if he yeah. has the 101 on his team, he has a terrible pick from somebody. Right. I mean, this is. I would. I would give the 101. Of course, you would easily, for a championship. Fairly easily for a championship because the championship is good for. Is good for what? Seven years of dues. Like you right. just gotta find a way and, to rebuild. But, in that, but the one on one could be a player. Could be a player that wins you six, six or seven championships. But so. this is the point of playing fantasy football: is to win championships. If I guarantee you a cha- the one on one, San Juan Barkley on anybody's team right now cannot guarantee you a championship. It will not. You you're not even eighty percent on your teams, Nathan. But if you trade your one on one for a championship. I could guarantee you a championship. You would not. <laughs> That's insane. And to me, in my yeah. eyes, in my I'll mind, take the shirt thing. It's not. I don't even think it's that close. Like, <laughs> yeah. If you, can, if you can dump all of your picks and get one championship for the moment, and granted, you're not you're not hurting the team that just won your championship. You're hurting its future by trading off some picks. But I still, I mean, I still don't think it's even really that close. I think the math. I would be interested to run like a math equation on that to see. Because the upside of the picks of them busting, because what, what's the percentage of the one on ones actually an amazing asset? 70%? I mean, very high. I'd, I'd it's say it's higher than that. But, you think it's higher than 70%? I mean, I, I yeah, think you could I'd go say it's like 85%. And, no, that's like. In, in Nathan's defense here, it's not about what it turns into, it's about what it's worth. So overpaying something that could be something that, that has extra value built into it. So. Uh, the, the potential and the perceived value has more of an effect than a bye week fill in. So you trading, you know, two twelve for for Nick Foles, for instance. Uh, let's say you make that trade. What three years ago? That yes, could have been David Johnson, right? So that's that's the type of of mindset I, I think. And and I can I can totally be on board with how Nathan goes about that thought process. And I I do that plenty. I have some of those teams where. You know, I'm not going anywhere fast, and it's just the smart thing to do. But it's right. 
that there's that perceived value that has to be taken into consideration. One hundred percent. And and I, again, this was in a fantasy land. I, you know, we were talking about one hundred percent. You trade your your one on one, you win a championship. Um, so wait, but, do, you, do we want? I'm, I'm tweeting this out right now because I think this is such a such an interesting question that I just am interested to hear Twitter's thoughts on it. Do we want to say one hundred percent chance or ninety percent chance to win the championship? Ninety percent chance. All right, book Saquon Barkley or ninety percent chance. If you trade Saquon Barkley, whatever you're not. Know I even threw the two hundred one <laughs> in there too. That's what I'm going for. We're doing it. Okay. I'm, I'm just mostly interested. And this tradecast is, of course, brought to you by my Twitter account. <laughs> Dynasty <laughs> Trades. At Dynasty Trades. You can hashtag me at hashtag Dynasty Trades. People Remember? are going to get mad that you're not just RTing tweets, man. That don't, you're not allowed to have your own thoughts. You're stick, not allowed stick to tweet things. Apparently. Apparently. Okay, let's put, this tra- let's put this train back on the cart here. Uh, Nathan, do you want to give us our next uh, next item for potentially a bad trader? Is it trading away your picks for guaranteed championships? It is not. It's not that. Um, <laughs> this is the biggest one where I think the people kind of know they're doing it when they're doing it, but they still make the mistake every time. And that's ignoring market value and trading for your guys or trading away players that you've soured on. I think the biggest example for me is that I'll, I'll have a player that I'm targeting. Like, let's say it's Kenyon Drake last offseason. And it might, might end up working long term. But it's one of those things that, like, I just start sending out offers for Kendrick in every single league. And then eventually, after, like, 18 counters, I end up, you know, overpaying what I thought was originally going to be, okay, he's cheaper on the market right now so I can go buy him. But then, A, people find out that I'm high on him and end up charging me more. The thing just ends up ends up being that when when – you're try- you're excited about buying a player, you know, people can see it and that you have to, you know, know that you're still need only should be p- paying the market value and not above right. that. Well, it's easy to get, it's, it's like anything in negotiating. It's easy to get carried away. And it, an auction draft is an excellent example of this where you like start off, you're like, all right, I'm going to make a move for, I mean, I, I figured Demarius Thomas is going to be pretty cheap. And then suddenly you're up against some douche named Dynasty Frank and you two are just <laughs> bidding it up. And then suddenly you're both paying like 80% of your budget just to spite the other one or try to right. bait the other one into taking it. But it's kind of the exact same thought. It's like you can find yourself in a negotiation talking yourself into, because it's, the back and forth of a counter, you can talk yourself into going slightly bigger and then you kind of forget where you were. And then you talk yourself into going slightly bigger, bigger, and then you forget where you were. And then you talk yourself into going slightly closer to the deal. And then eventually you're like, well, we're so close. I might as well take it. So that's the dangerous slippery slope thoughts in, in, in trades. And I think that that obviously it applies in many different aspects of both fantasy football and life. Again, again, kids, this, uh, this podcast sponsored by dynasty trades, helping you in life. (laughs) Uh, but that's, uh, you know, it, it is it is definitely something where I've never really thought about that actually being a thing that is bad in Dynasty, but I think it is really like it's really easy to get caught in the slippery slope. I agree a hundred percent. See, my my problem is when, when you share other leagues with so many of of our you know friends and Twitter friends, you know who you like, you know everything, <laughs> like oh like. Kenyon Drake, if if you send me a, a, an offer in three different leagues for Kenyon Drake, let's just say I'm like, oh, okay, now I'm I'm gonna work Nathan now. Like I'm working, yep. I'm gonna work this guy over. I know he wants he wants it. What I like to do, and and when I was a real trader, because I, I I went backwards, I, I stopped trading as much. I never offered for my my guy I wanted. I would always pivot to the guy I really wanted. So like I would offer something that I knew was going to get rejected. Like, you know, AB, I'm coming for AB for a first and a second. And you're like, get out of here. I'm not, there's no way I'm getting AB. I'm like, all right, so what do you want for Kenyon Drake? You know what I mean? Like I, I never identified the first guy. I never let the the my trade partner know it's exactly who I wanted. You sneaky that, bastard. That's, that's savvy, oh, Frank. I, I like that move. I might have to use that move. On I'm you. not trading yeah. with Frank anymore. <laughs> I stopped trading. He's <laughs> told everybody that's in his league. Yeah. And his mom, who listens to our podcast. And my mom. My mom told me that. <laughs> that, seemed, that seems like a Dynasty Frank's mom Dude, kind of move. Yeah, he like rolls into the to the auto dealership. He's like, how much for that Corolla? How about nine bucks? Like, no, that Corolla, no way. He's like, all right, what about the Jeep over there? <laughs> let's move on to our next topic and that's always making their best offer first guy um there's a number of things wrong with this but the the main thing the main issue with with always making your best offer first is that you know 
you will lose the opportunity to ever get any sort of value on a deal. You know, you're always paying out max value and you'll never be able to have like a counter back and forth. And if everyone knows that you're the guy that's okay, here's my best offer. You're taking it or you're not, you know, there's just no negotiation there. And I guess if you don't like negotiating, that's a good thing. But uh, for the most part, negotiating ends up, you know, getting you a better value later on. So um, I'm, if I'm making an offer, it's usually like 85 to 90% of what, what I'm willing to pay at my max value. Yeah, I mean, it depends on. Is, it, oh, sorry. Go, sorry ahead. go ahead. I mean, this is well. I'll, I'll just hop in real quick and hop out, Dan, and let you back in. But this is this is one where, I, but it's. I guess what I'll what I'll say here is making your best offer first is always bad. But there's also a definitely a line to, a line to walk here where if you come in as lowball guy constantly, that it's it's tough to even get a trade off the ground. So you have to almost find a deal that's like a second round valuation short of what you would do. And right. then and then try to or what you think the real value is and hope that that gets taken. But like you, you can easily miscalc that too. Where I've done that, and then after I do it, I'm like, man, I shouldn't have had those those Jim Beams because that's not even close, and it's way in the side of the deal that I just offered him to, and I got snap called. I got to be honest. I'm in uh, uh, so many leagues that I'm I'm this guy. I'm this this trader. I don't have the time. I don't have the time to send. 10 different offers back and forth, you know, negotiating a third or a fourth or a second round. Like, I'm going to send you a good deal. Like you said, Nathan, 90%. Okay. Like, one counter offer, I might give you a counter offer. After that, I'm just, just, you know, okay, then I'm just moving on. I just can't. But if if you get that reputation, Frank, it's also like, it, and that's another reputation you can have, where like what you're throwing out is going to be the offer that Frank wants to yeah. do. Like he's not he's not horsing around. That's usually yeah. how 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 I I roll. That's that was going to be kind of the the two stipulations I see with this is one, it depends on the owner, and two, it depends on the player or package. So if you're if you're going into a deal with you know, someone like Frank that, you know, unless you hit a certain value point and you may not know exactly what it is, but you know, you need to get close and knowing that you need to get close, you're probably going to send what might end up being your best offer because all said and done, most people's best offer is 90%. No one likes to end up paying the full freight to go get someone. And then also with the players, Sometimes that's the only way you can go get them. You're not going to go buy Odell Beckham for 75 cents in the dollar. You're not going to go buy Mike Evans for 75 cents in the dollar, even though I've seen a few of well, those. Right now it, you can. It happens in leagues, but but you're not going to start there. You know, you're not you're not going to start at like 50 percent and then like, oh well, I can't even believe he wouldn't counter. So there's there's a little bit of of wiggle room there, but. Um, I'm probably closer to that. And again, this is if I'm trying to get something done, not just something I'm sending to Nathan on a daily basis. Um, <laughs> because I do that as well. Uh, yeah, it, but it, if, like you said. I'm sorry, yeah, it, man. No, you're good, man. You're good. If I know the owner and I know, A, that they're not going to counter, or B, that I know what they want for that, that goes back to like the Leo Pasiga notebook thing. Keep tabs on your league mates, guys. It's 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 honestly important to know what their tendencies are and their values are. Uh, Which, if you're not doing that, you're doing yourself a disservice. You, it goes back, though, to Frank's point. And, and I, I feel like I'm getting on Frank's side of this coin more and more as I am getting more and more involved in work. It's like you – it's sometimes very, very difficult to have time to, A, keep notes on everybody in the 10 leagues you're in, and B, like – it's it's tough to do. Now, granted, I'm a massive advocate for taking notes and, and a, a massive advocate for trying to get as much value out of trades as possible. But definitely, it, I can I can relate to the more recreational player that does not have time to do that. But even if it's a mental note with one interaction, I yeah. send Frank I send Frank a, a trade offer for what I believe is good, maybe 85 percent, and he just rejects with no counter. Now I know that either that player's off limits or he doesn't want to deal with me or doesn't have the time to. So I need to either up it or forget about it. So or it can be client and you reoffer. Yeah, right. What's and re re upping yourself. Nathan and I do that to each other all the time. when we want to trade, he'll, he'll just reject <laughs> something. I'll send a new offer. That's, you know, slightly better. Still doesn't get done. We end up doing three months worth of, of countering and finally get a trade done because he got to add <laughs> one more fit to his side so we could get it finished up. You finally got Ryan Grant on your team. <laughs> 
Oh yeah, and, and a late two thousand, a late two thousand eighteen fourth. There we go. <laughs> all right, let's wrap See, up. I'm like that. I just want to real quick, Nathan. I want to apologize okay. to all my league mates that have sent me offers and I've rejected <laughs> without a counter. Either they're like for a, a third tier, a fourth, fifth tier person, and I'm like a player, and I'm just like, I'm not gonna do with this, and I just reject, and I apologize. I really do apologize. I'm trying my best to get better, <laughs> but you know, just sometimes life, life gets in the way. Yeah, you got a daughter, Frank. That's life. Yep. <laughs> All right, let's wrap up the anatomy of a bad trader. This has been alluded to a few times during this conversation, so we can just do a quick hitter on this one. And that is the guy who never makes counters. This is one of the most frustrating owners to deal with uh, when you're trying to trade with them. And they aren't a bad trader because they make bad trades. They're more so bad traders because they just don't get trades done. So I, I think that the big thing with guys who don't counter is you just don't get the encouragement to ever send them offers because if you do send them an offer, like I said, I, rarely am I side to 100% of what I pay. So I'm when I send an offer, I'm hoping for a counter more often than not. I very rarely get a, a cold accept on a cold offer. So I, I think that, you know, if I know I'm never going to get a counter, it's definitely going dis- to discourage offers. And that's, that's the biggest penalty of all if you don't make counters. Yeah. Since I just prefaced this by saying I'm not a counter guy, um, I again, I apologize. <laughs> I will counter if the player is worth countering. Like if you gave me a legit, you know, you're trying to offer me, uh, you know, like a Kenyon Drake for if you want to, Give me some good pieces. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get something done. But like for third rounders, for fourth rounders, for t- you know, for Ryan Grant, Ty Miller, for Ryan Grant, I'm not gonna negotiate. I'm not gonna waste, you know, hours of my time negotiating for Ryan Grant. I just, <laughs> I just not gonna happen. I'm sorry. It's a, you know, you want a uh, top 100 player, top 150 player ADP. Sure, let's talk it out. Let's let's. Let's hash this out. You know, like for Marquise Goodwin, bud, you, we're going to wait. This isn't happening. <laughs> I like I like the restrictions. I, I honestly, I'm kind of the same way with my counters. I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to counter. Like I'll usually send a note and just say, you know, I'm not interested or something. Usually yeah. a, a cold reject will accomplish that. But some guys, you, you know that like, hey, why didn't you counter? Whatever. So that's more know, courteous but, too, Dan. Like that's right. that's a courteous thing to do. Is like if yeah. you don't have time to counter or you don't want to counter, just saying like, "Hey, uh, saw the offer. It's not really close. Um, I'll look at your lineup or something like that." Is yeah. a way to politely be like, yes. "Hey, I'm not being I'm not being an inactive owner. I saw your offer, but I just don't see anything that makes sense at the moment." Right, and I, I try yeah, to do that I, as much as possible. I, I think, like you said, it's courteous. Um, but f- for me, it's it's either if I'm interested or not in the player or if I'm interested or not in the value, if you're sending me a trade that I already see is good value, I may just cold accept it. Or if I don't believe that that's your best offer, I'm probably going to go back to the well for a little bit more. Um, Those are the times you're going to see me counter. Other than that, it's mostly just a reject with no counter. Yeah. And I mean, I think, I think that one thing that I'll add on here and, and we can wrap this segment of the show and move on to jeopardy. But one thing I'll add on is that being uh, a person who doesn't counter and doesn't interact when receiving trade offers is 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 not not just bad for you, but also bad for the league. Those are the type of owners that lead to leagues healing over and dying is because everybody in Dynasty doesn't want to hold on to their team forever. And guys who are rebuilding that are stuck rebuilding and no one will make a trade with them will leave the league. That will happen. So I think that it's just worth pointing out that that's not only makes you a bad trader as far as not doing counters or at least not sending a message saying, hey, it's not really close. Uh, let me see if I can find something and then maybe send in another completely different offer is it makes you kind of a bad league owner. So if this is you, I would just employ. And if you're listening to a dynasty podcast, all chances are that you're probably an active owner in your league. And you're like, I can't get enough of this. I'm going to listen to these guys talk about dynasty for an hour on a, on my headphones here. But <laughs> Uh, that is, it's worth noting that if you have something like that, and these are the type of owners that if they don't counter, will literally get pushed out of leagues that you have owners that will say like, I don't want this guy in here anymore because they're so inactive. All right. You're on that note, uh, right. And I want to apologize yep. for what, for any non comments I've rejected. I apologize. I'm going <laughs> to, how about this? You guys got to me. Or is that what we have here? Yes. 
this is my apology tour. I'm going to send that messages to all leagues, apologizing <laughs> to the to the to the members of those leagues that sent me, and I just cold reject because it's just you know. It's not legit, but I, 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 I forgive. I forgive you, Frank. I forgive you, Frank. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, I, sorry, Nathan. <laughs> I have to assume, Frank, that some of those leagues are high stakes. So let me tell you about our friends over at the Fantasy Football Players Championship, the home of season-long high-stakes fantasy football. For most people, it's the off season, but not for the FFPC. They now have more than two hundred active dynasty leagues with entry fees ranging from seventy-seven dollars going up to twenty-five hundred dollars. That's twenty-five hundred dollars. Uh, if you want to go super high stakes, Frank. Um, and here's something incredible. Not a single dynasty league is folded in eight years. Orphan dynasty teams are available for purchase right now. Many of these are good teams ready to compete. And startup dynasty leagues will be forming shortly. So get your name on our wait list today. Plus, if you're ready to draft now, the FFPC best ball leagues will be opening for the 2018 season in a few days, starting at just $35 entry fees. So don't miss the FFPC experience. Go to myffpc.com and register now. That's my that's myffpc.com, the home of season-long high-stakes fantasy football. Let's get into some Jeopardy, boys. And welcome back to Dynasty Jeopardy. I am your host, the FF Salamander. With me today are our contestants. In the starting slot on spot one here, we have Mr. Eric Bertzloff, also known on Twitter as Dynasty Trades, who it sounds like will be taking the form of Sean Connery. Uh, Ah, (laughs) I'll be taking the form of your mother later. In the next spot, we have uh, Franco Perino. Pat, how do you, is there some? Is there some rolled R's in there, Frank? <laughs> yes, there are okay. a few. I'm not There's two of them. Uh, also no. known as Dynasty Frank on Twitter, but honestly, if you're not following Dynasty Frank, you probably shouldn't really be here. And finally, um, representing his hometown high school, Nathan Powell, or on Twitter <laughs> at npowellff. Welcome, contestants. Uh, would anyone like to say hi to their parents or, you know, anything like that? I'd like to say hi to your parents. <laughs> <laughs> that one went, that one actually went kind of banish. Okay. <laughs> Let us get through the categories. First off, we have ADP twins. This is going to be about the current month's ADP and two players that have the exact same ADP. The next category is rookie drafts, which is actually just going to be about rookie draft history within dynasty leagues using things like ADP. Sometimes it'll be the NFL draft, et cetera, et cetera. The next topic will be dynasty busts, which is just going to end up being, I don't know, pretty much anyone that's been terrible after they had some real value. And then we have noted notables, which is just going to be random facts that happen to pop up. And finally, we have deep analysis, which will be about uh, Twitter analysts and in the Dynasty community. So that should be a fun one. So we are going to get it started with our guest. Frank, please pick your category. Oh, uh, thanks for having me. I'm going to go with Dynasty Busts for 500, please. Straight to the 500. And the question, after a promising 2013 rookie season and a running back by committee, This running back would be drafted as high as 21 overall in offseason startups, but only play in five more career games. Buzz, Mr. Nathan. Nathan. Monte Ball. That is correct. Very good. Nathan at 500. Nathan, the board is yours. We will go with busts for 400. Busts for 400. This wide receiver... Go ahead, Frank. I'm, so, I'm sorry, Trebek. I'd like to point out that you guys had the list of, of questions uh, prior to me getting this list. So just want to let, that, let, let the audience know that. Just want to let everybody know. <laughs> Fake news is not true, but you know. Dynasty bus for 400. This wide receiver was drafted as high as the early fourth round in 2015 after a productive five-game stretch during the 2014 season with Minnesota. What is Eric? Eric, Eric I will take Eric. what is Charles Johnson. Charles Johnson is correct. Eric on the board with 400. Go back to I the board. Said, what is Eric, by the way? What is <laughs> okay. Eric to buzz in? I'm you know so what? It's Jeopardy. Jeopardy. <laughs> it's Jeopardy. Uh, Eric, the board is yours. Please make your pick. Uh, I will take deep anal sis. <laughs> uh, I knew, I, you know what? I knew it was going to get here. 
Uh, it's deep analysis. Uh, you didn't even select an amount. So what we're going to do is we're just going to avoid that category altogether. Let's slide into ADP twins for 100. And the question is, or I guess it's just a statement because it's not really a question. I'm really good at Jeopardy. Doug Martin's ADP twin at 231 overall was drafted this highly due to future upper management banging tables in his favor. Make it a, oh, that, I got uh, Eric there first. Whoa, no, no, no. I was about Joe to say Williams the name. That I, I was definitely first, Nathan, and it was no. Joe Williams. I said what no. Is Joe Williams. It is, in fact, Joe Williams. Eric and Nathan with 500 apiece. Eric, cool. the board oh, remains oh. yours. Your terrible internet connection is doing you no favors in the game, Nathan. <laughs> All right, I will do. Uh, I will do Dynasty Bus for three hundred. Dynasty Bus for three hundred. This running back has single-handedly busted his supposed heirs, such as Kendall Hunter, Lamichael James, and more recently Marlon Mack. Eric. Eric. Who is Frank Gore? It is Frank Gore. Congratulations on your uh, third correct answer. Eric, the board is yours. I'm just giving it to these boys. All right. um, I will take take ADP Twins for 500. ADP Twins for 500. ADP newcomer and undrafted free agent Keelan Cole broke out in 2017, similarly to his hyphenated ADP twin who is only seven months older and entering his fifth NFL season. Five. Who who is uh, Eric? Eric. Oh, this is not right. I was going to say Hayward Bay. That's not going to be right. That is incorrect, and that does cost you 500. Anyone else that's, like to take a crack regrettable. at it? I'm good. Frank? Nah. <laughs> All right. The hyphenated portion should have given you the correct answer, which was Austin Safarian Jenkins. He was undrafted free agent? Keelan Cole was. Oh, that was misleading. Although Hay- Hayward Bay, also not an undrafted free agent. So I'm just going to go over here and... Uh, <laughs> you know. Does the board stay mine, though? Uh, the board does remain yours. I'll do Dynasty Bus for 200 Dynasty busts for 200. This wide receiver was drafted in the historic 2014 class and reached his peak value in April of 2015 after amassing a whopping four targets in his rookie year. Hmm. Five, four, three. Franco. Two. Frank. Uh, who is, is this Treadwell? This isn't Treadwell. No, 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 no. 20, 2014 class. Oh, never mind. That's a uh, minus. No, you don't get a minus because you didn't answer. That, that, that is an answer, Dan. That Come is on. an answer. Yeah, All right. I don't understand how that's not an answer. Ow. Okay. And anyone else no. will move on, unless Nathan? No, I'm good. What's the What's the right answer? It was Cody Latimer. Cody Latimer. Yeah. A fun the fact, I once, I once traded Jonas Gray straight up for Cody Latimer <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a trade that apparently didn't effing matter. So. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought I stole stuff. Um, all right, let's go ahead and move on to Noted Notables for 400. Noted Notables for 400. Blank was drafted in this September and scored as the dynasty PPR RB 22 in 2017. So he was both drafted and scored as the RB 22 this year. Nathan, Nathan. Oh, this is wrong. Ty Montgomery. Who is Ty Montgomery? Incorrect. Mm -hmm. He was drafted 22 overall or just the drafted as RB 22. And he scored as RB 22. Oh God. I, I don't know. Five. (laughs) Four, Who is Adrian Peterson? That is no. incorrect. You are going backwards. And the correct answer was Tevin Coleman. Right. Um, I don't even know who got the last one right. So, Eric, the board is still yours. All right. I, nobody else can even get any right. If I just shut up, I would win this game. Um, <laughs> That's my strategy. No kidding. I will do rookie drafts for 500. Rookie drafts for 500. In 2011, this second-round pick out of Virginia Tech was a top-five rookie in Dynasty drafts. Unfortunately, he Eric. only played in five Nathan. career games. Hey, Eric. Oh, I, I got Eric there first, even though I didn't finish the question. Yeah. But go ahead, Eric. Uh, who, who is David Wilson? That is incorrect. What? Huh? Are you sure? It's just... I am very positive. The second-round um, pick. Oh, David Wilson was a, was a first-round pick. 
I can't answer again. That's that's a uh, shame for Virginia Tech there. I, I don't know who it is then. The answer is Ryan oh. Williams. And the other Yeah, I should have known. He was my he was my college running back too. That's that's a shame <laughs> for shame. Even though you keep getting them wrong, Eric, the board is still yours. <laughs> this is great. Again, if I would just shut up, this would be fine. Uh, let's see rookie drafts for 400. And that is the Daily Double. Beep, 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 beep. Okay. Make um, it a true Daily Double, Eric. Make it a true Daily Double. What, what do I have? Like, you don't have any money point? to wager, so we're just going to get into it. Well, no, I can max out at like 2,000, right? Like, <laughs> 1,000 when you have no money, I thought. Yeah. So you, you do actually, because it's the Daily Double, get your uh, guess first. This 2015 rookie running back was a favorite of the metrics crowd, as well as Azusa Pacifica fans, but he only has 14 career carries. Hmm, crap, I don't know. Nathan. Nathan. Terrell Watson. Terrell Watson is correct. Wow. I was not getting that right, Nathan. Right Good out work. of his ace, please. The Azusa Pacifica should have been the giveaway. Nathan, the board is yours. I don't, I don't, I, all right. I'm not even sure what's left, but I'm gonna go dynasty bust 100. Dynasty busts for 100. This wide receiver fooled dynasty owners into drafting him in the fourth round startup or of startups in December of 2016, but only caught 20 one. passes in 2017. Screw it. I'm going, my, me, 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 Frank. Is that, that's not Mike Williams, is it? It is not oh. Mike Williams. Is it the other one? Beep, 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 beep. It's Terrell Terrell, Terrell Williams. It is not Tyrell Williams. I'm good. Thank you. Nobody wants it. Terrell Pryor was the correct answer. That was the most obvious one. Wait, 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 wait. Drafted. He was in the league. He was. Wait, can can I see that first one? (laughs) Fourth round of startups. Oh, yeah, but startup. Okay, never mind. I'm an idiot. (laughs) Uh, Nathan, the board remains yours. Uh, what do we have left for noted bus, notables? Bus is cleared out. Noted notables. I think we have everything except for five or except for four hundred. So noted notables five hundred. Noted notables for five hundred. Jermaine Curse and this wide receiver both had ninety six targets, sixty five catches, and around eight hundred yards, playing mostly from the slot. Yet Curse's ADP is more than two hundred spots lower. B B B B B. Who is Jarvis Landry? That is incorrect. Five, four, three, two, one. That would be Jamison Crowder. Mm-hmm. The ADPs are something like two hundred and ninety for uh, Curse and like seventy-eight for Crowder. Nathan, the board remains yours. Noted notables one hundred. Noted notables for one hundred. This quarterback is the last quarterback to be drafted and score as the QB1 in the same year in Dynasty. Nathan. Nathan. Aaron Rodgers. That is incorrect. Uh, Eric. Cam Newton. Eric. That is incorrect. <laughs> really only one answer left. <laughs> Frank, would you like to give it a run? Nah. Yeah. Well, uh, no. No. That would be He's Andrew gotta, Luck in 2014. Yeah, it's got to be Luck, right? That's the only one left. Okay, so we, you guys trying. are doing oh. swimmingly. This, this is, is a meltdown. We are oh. experts. All right. Noted Notables 300. Noted Notables for 300. This tight end finished as tight end 11 in 2017, but wasn't even being drafted during Dynasty Startups before the season started. This is one of the uh, trick questions. Five, oh. four, three, two, one. That would be Benjamin Watson. That adds Nathan, up. Nathan, the board. That adds up. <laughs> All right. So yours. All right. Dan, why don't we update the listeners? What's the score right now? Um, Eric I'm like, is <laughs> negative something like 46,000. I'm Nathan, <laughs> 11 Nathan, billion. Nathan has 400. And I'm like negative fifty six thousand. And Frank is minus five hundred. All right, uh, uh, we'll do we'll do. What do you have left for ADP twins? ADP twins. We have two hundred, three hundred, and four hundred. Four hundred. Wow. 
ADP twins for four hundred dollars. There are more than fifteen. Get them. Sorry, go ahead. There are more than fifteen pairs of ADP twins in February's ADP, but nobody has as hashtag nice of a twin as Sammy Watkins at thirty-seven point three three overall. Check uh, me, whatever. Me. Frank <laughs> has a nice of a twin. I'm gonna go with Gronk because a nice. That would be Rob Gronkowski, <laughs> and someone finally picked up on one of the hints. Yeah, actually, Frank, the board is yours. Frank, I'm inclined wow. to create an Italian buzzer with just your voice on it when you buzz, and you're like, "Yeah, whatever." It's <laughs> yeah, <it's me. laughs> I'd like to answer the question now. Is it? Can I answer That's now? Me. Is it my turn? <laughs> it is your turn for um, the uh, topic. <clears throat> We'll just keep going with the ADP. The, the next one down, what is that, 300? 300? 300. Yes. Larry Fitzgerald has an ADP twin at 123.5, who was actually being drafted in the first round in October of 2015, oh, likely thanks to Ryan McDowell. Me, Nathan. me, 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 me. Nathan, Ooh, I got Nathan there. I and said me before Nathan. Come on. I got him, and he's on a delay. From the University of Kentucky, Randall Cobb. That would, in fact, be Randall Cobb. Nathan, the board is yours. Let's wrap up ADP Twins. ADP Twins for 200. Corey Davis shares an ADP with a wide receiver who hasn't scored any lower than wide receiver 13 over the last three years, but he's still being drafted at 28 overall. Nathan. Uh, Jarvis Landry. That would be correct. Jarvis Landry for 200. It's it's nice to have the questions beforehand i love it <laughs> they didn't have the questions <laughs> yeah uh, notice how bad we're doing frank there were no questions handed out prior to the show <laughs> i started it by answering two correct and then haven't gotten one right since then you were actually winning for a minute there frank um but Was that? it's yeah just for just for a second just um, by being zero <laughs> nathan the board is yours what's left uh we have rookies and i think i have a noted notables left all right give, give me the last noted notable I think this is it. Yes. This NFL team has three wide receivers currently being drafted in the first six rounds of dynasty drafts, yet none of them had more than 90 targets in 2017. Uh, yeah, Eric. Eric. I, the Green Bay Packers. That is incorrect. Three wide receivers. Five, four, three, two, one. That would be the L.A. Rams with Sammy Watkins, Cooper Cup, and Robert Woods. Impressive, impressive. Watkins is a wide receiver still? Okay, all we have left (laughs) are uh, rookie drafts. We will start with 100. This 2012 rookie was considered the wide receiver one of his class, but only played in 20 career games. God, Nathan should absolutely know this one. Five, <laughs> four, three, two, Florida State. One. That would be Justin Blackman. Oh. Yeesh. 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 Rookie drafts for 200. In December of 2015, this wide receiver was thought to be a solid first round dynasty rookie in the 2016 class. That is until he decided to walk during his 40 yard dash at the combine. Oh, what's his name? Oh no! Oh my God! I don't uh, know. I forgot his name. Oh my okay, God! I, I'll, I'll uh, uh, Eric. Eric Dalvin Cook. That no. is incorrect, and also the wrong year. Uh, and also of wide receiver, not a wide receiver. Uh, you know, I'm really just trying to tank this thing right now, Frank. <laughs> deep anal, sis. deep anal. Sis. Five, four. I know this guy. Three, but, uh, two. You're gonna laugh when you see it. It would be Darunya Wilson. No, Darunya. I was no. like. Duh, duh. The Walker Wilson. That was. Did we run like a four eight? <laughs> it was, it was even like a five eight. It was slow. All right, rookie. No, hold on, and but before we before we continue, uh, for those that are bull rush listeners, one of the greatest bits of bull rush history was when Matt Harmon listed all the things he could do in the time it took. <laughs> That's why I thought Frank would get that one for sure. And you said made make love to a woman. I think. <laughs> He absolutely did say make love to a woman, by the way. Okay, so finally we have rookie drafts for 300. This 2017 wide receiver one was being taken after the likes of Tavon Austin, Cordero Patterson, and Justin Hunter in 2013. Nathan. Nathan. Who is Keenan Allen? That is correct, Keenan Allen. I was hoping to get someone to guess DeAndre Hopkins, but he was going early in that one. Yeah, the hate for Keenan Allen was real. Yep, it really was. It still is. 
Yeah, it's full. Um, okay, so that wraps us up there. Um, Eric has a negative large amount. Nathan absolutely won, and Frank is just around even. So let's move on to final <laughs> it's like, it's like Jeopardy. Jeopardy. Everybody sucks. Nathan final, cheated. The final Jeopardy, and your category is Russians. The New York Giants. <laughs> yeah, oh, no. Eli Apple. Eli Apple. <laughs> Uh, everyone, get, everyone, get your pen and paper ready, so that way when we, we uh, reveal, uh, which you don't actually have to do, but I don't have pen and paper. No, okay, you don't actually. Got, have to, you don't actually have to I'm do it. Right just, on the back of this, on this, I'm going to write on the back of this twenty dollar bill. Well, Eric, you don't have any money to wager other than that twenty dollar bill in your hand. Nathan, uh, all you have to do is not wager more than you have. And Frank, I'll give you an extra five hundred to wager if you'd like it. All of it. Whoa. I'm all in. Okay, the in. answer, the uh, question is to name the last New York Giants running back to rush for 1,000 yards in a single NFL season. <laughs> I'll give you five seconds, and then we'll go down the line. I can't believe Oh, uh, okay. I'm up. Uh, we're going to start with Eric. Yes. Eric, uh, please reveal your answer. I've gone with Jacobs. That is incorrect. What did you wager? Um, I wagered, I don't know, your mom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, thankfully, I get to keep her. Uh, Frank, what uh, what did you write down? Bradshaw, all it of it? It is, in fact, Ahmad Bradshaw, oh, and you wagered... All of it, whatever I have. 500, so that means you ended up with uh, about $900. So, Nathan, unless you yeah. screwed this up royally. Wait, how does that um, math work? If he wagered 500 I gave him five. I gave him 500 oh, and he negative had negative money. He had negative 100 yeah. but I gave him 500 <laughs> Okay, no, no, you neglected. You said he was even before. <laughs> he <laughs> said almost around, even. Around even. I didn't okay, want to say cool. he was negative. That's fine. Nathan, Nathan, your answer. I uh, wagered sixty nine dollars, and my answer was uh, not Brandon or not Mont Mont Bradshaw. Bradshaw. It oh, right. So you lose sixty nine dollars. What did you do with Nathan? Uh, I, I didn't even know who I was going to say. I forgot. <laughs> Moby Dick. That's you what haven't you written down. You didn't write down no. anything. No, I didn't write down no. an answer. <laughs> so he was, he's like those those <laughs> those jerks <laughs> in Jeopardy that are. Hey Dan, Dan, shout out to you. This is this is well done. I'm not gonna lie. Oh, I'm impressed with this this level yeah. of preparation for the podcast. I need to do more homework. You, you, you no one did any years. homework. No 2012. Who the hell remembers 2012? That was the point. <laughs> Jeopardy, you do, apparently. Easy, Frank. No, um, I mean, I, if if yeah, if it was a if it was a Colts question, there's no way I would have got that. <clears throat> all right, uh, all right. Well, shout out Hold to up. shout out to Dan there. That's yeah, that was great. That, that was, was awesome. Um, uh, so, uh, in our final standings, just so everyone's on the same page, we have uh, Eric with negative two thousand plus my mother. <laughs> Frank, Shuck it. Frank with 900 and they have, that's a close second favorable not a distant third at least and Nathan our grand champion uh, whatever 1200 minus 69 dollars is Nathan nice. congratulations woo <laughs> mazel 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 weak alright uh, well as I said thanks, thanks to Dan that was awesome thanks to Frank for coming on the show make sure you follow Frank on Twitter at Dynasty Frank uh, if you see Will Ferrell he's actually Will Ferrell so that's uh, great it's ser- It's true thanks, thanks for having me on, on guys <laughs> seriously thank you and it's a great 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 game Dan uh, next time I would like the answers as well please so I can win <laughs> I mean the final Jeopardy category Frank was the New York Giants your, your you football team I was trying to give you the game with that one <laughs> little did I know that you'd be negative going into it uh... <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, uh, let's go ahead and let's go ahead and wrap up and uh, remind the listeners if you enjoy the show, if you enjoy listening to the show, uh, make sure you leave a five star rating review. That really helps people find us on iTunes. Um, if you're annoyed by Nathan's uh, audio stuff, feel free to leave a five star review and say so. Uh, three star reviews, boo. Five star reviews, fine. Um, on that note, for Nathan, Dan, Frank, and myself, we'll catch up with you guys next week. Kadosh. Peace. Deuces.
summer's slipping away, so grab hold of Amazing at California's Great America before it's too late. Buy next year's season pass and get unlimited visits this year to experience rides, shows, and attractions. That includes incredible coasters, Boomerang Bay, and an amazing Peanuts-themed kids' area. Get this special offer for as low as 11 payments of $6.50 after an initial payment. Hurry to get the best price on the most fun you can have. Buy your 2020 season pass now at cagreatamerica.com. The Gap Factory Labor Day sale is happening now. Hurry in for the best deals of the season. 40 to 75% off everything. Plus doorbusters August 30th through September 2nd only. Tees from $4.99. Logo styles from $16.99. And jeans from $19.99. Shop in-store today at Gap Factory or at GapFactory.com. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.